Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Hey, so uh, this is Todd and Deb Duncan along with Wally Elibieri and Marty Preston. We are in San Diego, California, and we are on day three of Sales Mastery. And I thought I would just, since we had this amazing onstage experience with Wally and Marty, uh, Deb just finished her presentation on Forward, uh, the idea of really being clear on your future. I thought we'd just get the three of us together and just chit-chat for maybe 15 minutes on just mastery and, and the journey that we've all taken and, uh, and, and get this out to the, to the, to the universe of, of listeners and followers and uh, those that want to be their best. So uh, let me start with my wife, Deb, and just uh, what was your highlight of the last hour besides delivering a world-class speech? What uh, happened? Seeing the cutie patootie look in your eye and how, you know, you are my heart. And it was just fun to have a fear and push through it and see the delight in your eyes. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I feel special about having you on stage, but I think this word fear, it's kind of interesting as you look out at the sales mastery audience, there's, when you talk about forward, you talk about that, that the safest place to be is when you're not thinking about going forward because there is no fear. And uh, we've got Marty Preston in the room. We've got Wally Elevary in the room and these guys are elite level producers. So what's kind of your sense, Marty, as a, as a mortgage professional, as a leader, as a friend on what happens when mortgage professionals figure out that they, they, they can move beyond fear? What have you seen happen? And what are some of the things you've done personally to move beyond fear? Well, you know, I think Chad was great today because he was talking about you really are only limited by your beliefs. And uh, my son is kind of going through some challenges with, with golf mentally and stuff like that. And I've been reading some stuff and Ben Hogan, while he was telling me about a quote Ben Hogan had where he said, you know, your golf is a game that's played with the nine inches between your ears. And ultimately that, that is a, I mean, you know, that's what holds everybody back. When Wally was talking today, I wrote down a note, you know, why not 200 million? Like why, why is a hundred million (laughs) kind of like the, the, you know, and then I, then after that, I wrote down, well, why not 500 million, you know, because if we're doing the things that we should be doing with our clients, which is really connecting with them and finding out where their needs are. I had a conversation with a lady today who told us that she was combining the medical industry and the mortgage industry. And I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, you got me. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find out what you're talking about. But she was talking about how long-term care and, and how your, your financial advisors, you know, when was the last time your financial advisor asked you about your parents and, Who's going to pay for that and all those things and and i was like well that makes perfect sense that's something we should be talking to to people about and you know helping them and so if we're really connecting people the way we should be and connecting with people the way we should be well then why would that circle of cash flow not come back you know in other words like you know while he's keeping track of 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 how much in commissions he's referring out and Obviously, he's also keeping track of how much those people are referring back. And, and the great thing about it is, is it's all doing it with the right mindset because we're doing what's right for the, for the client. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, you know, if it, if it weren't for me coming to, to Mastery in, I think, 2004, 
I don't, you know, I, I just, I guess I'm getting old enough now to where the, you know, the nostalgia of it, like, you know, these people that were rock stars to me are friends to me. And um, it's just an amazing thing. And we were talking about you trying to walk through the crowd and, and, you know, how you always get stopped and how you have, you know, you stop and you, and I was like, yeah, I remember when it was me. And, you know, a year later, he still remembered what I told him and all that stuff. So it's, it's just a, I mean, you're yeah. amazing. I was going to say what Deb said about your eyes, but she took my, my line. So. <laughs> Speaking about eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Magical eyes. So, um, you're Deb, you have this, this kind of gift of connection. I know your dad is a big believer in asking questions and uh and i think what marty has just kind of indicated is that fear can go away if your purpose is connection i mean if your purpose is connection you don't have to be afraid of anything so what's your what is your two cents on this idea of connection you know i really think it's interesting because i think that especially in business it's so easy to try to connect with your head but there is really something extraordinary that happens when you're able to go down and connect with another person heart to heart, that I think those are the relationship changers when, uh, that it is where you really begin to see people and learn about them. And, and I believe that is the magic in relationships Yeah, is connection is caring and slowing down long enough to let people know you care. But in all of our busy lives, it's really hard. It's hard to find a moment and to to make it matter. Yeah, most people just listen to listen to respond versus listen to understand. Yes, if you listen to understand is truly with your heart. When you listen to respond, it's one hundred percent your head. So let's take off on that right now because I think Stephen Covey said in habit number four: seek first to understand, then be understood. And you are, Wally, at the top of your game right now, and you're learning, growing, and getting better. And there is this sense that you cannot be at the level you're at at $100 million in fundings without connection, without caring, without asking the right kinds of questions. So what is your sense on the, the whole, I, I guess two things. One, the whole idea of connection, but even more importantly than that, to Marty's point, the whole idea of diversification through connection. There is a relationship that if you don't connect with the, the core client, in this case, maybe it's a borrower and or maybe it's a business owner, you don't have any influence or any right or any access to the people that they love the most. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing also, you know, the coaching through Elite and coaching with Marty and, and also obviously all your teachings, the biggest thing that I've got at this is when you study this and you've been successful through the real estate side of it, when you're focusing on financial advisors and wealth advisors, it's so much easier. And he banged himself on the head, the head with a microphone like three times on the stage. And <laughs> I just wanted to hit myself with the same mic just because it's no different than going after realtors. And when we, when you master yourself on that lane, like you kind of referred, there's so much more lanes that we can master if we build a solid foundation in each one. Yeah. Like I said, it's, doing $14 million in business last month and doing another 14, almost 15 million this month. And the years that were the year we've have, you would think like I'd be celebrating, but this, it's become normal. You know what I mean? We've done $8 million in realtor purchase business and my teams managed that, which gave me the freedom to be able to have the structure to be, go do another 4 million from database annual mortgage reviews, then another 2 million from wealth advisors. Now that's business. That is another lane that we've built 
And when you were able to build a Ferrari in one lane and, and you're growing from, you know, you're building that next Ferrari in that second lane, yeah. when he was saying, oh, what's wrong with 200 million? Yeah. Like how, how is 200 million not what we're talking about? How is 200 million not the starting point of our conversation? Yeah. And that's when you talk about the loan offs in the future, we should easily be talking to 300 million as the start of the conversation. Well, you think you think about how big the universe is of of who knows the people we need to know. And and yet we talk about belief and it's really hard to be thinking that 200 million is possible if you haven't first of all thought that maybe 30 million or 40 million or 50. And so belief is has this kind of reset mechanism that as soon as you get to the next level, you are uncomfortable going back below that. It doesn't mean that you necessarily think about going beyond that. But if you have a bigger vision to Deb's point about dreaming, um, then why not? And you and you really have to ask the question, why not? And then I think the the, the key to this whole thing to both of your points is the idea of, of, of active listening. And I don't think people, I think people hear that all the time. You need to be an active listener. You need to be an active listener. What they don't understand is what active listening means is you're listening for an action that you can take. And in our world of high trust, which you guys are, are obviously masters of, it's like, what is the action that I can take? Because I have listened and I have understood that I hear something that if I can figure that out for you, I add value that you didn't even know I heard you say you need it. Well, it's also the difference between mastery and, and elite and the coaching that you receive is you learn to listen for the emotions behind the words, not just the words. You learn to watch the facial features. You learn to listen to pitch and tone of the words. And when you when you pick up on the pitch and tone and the emotions behind the words, you pick up on feelings in their heart. Whereas people truly, you know, most salespeople listen to listen to wait for them to take a breath so they can try Boom. to close yeah. the deal. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's a totally different way of listening to understand. Yeah, so I think um, I think it's true, right, guys? That that if you slow down conversation, you can actually speed up the the density and the velocity and the the loyalty of the relationship. What's your thought on that, Marty? Because I know that this is big for you. Well, yeah, and you know, you were talking about fear, and I remember one of the first times I was on stage. You told me that I didn't have to worry about being nervous when I was on stage because I wasn't going on stage for me. It wasn't something, you know, not that there's anything wrong for people who set goals to be on stage and all that, that's great, but it wasn't like, you know, I was thinking, golly, I've got to be great because I want to be a professional speaker someday. Um, you know, I always start off a talk by saying, Everything I'm going to tell you today, I got from somebody else and I was able to implement it because I was, you know, at meetings like this and it really helped me. And hopefully something I say today will help one of you. And if not Monday, I'm going to be a loan officer, you know, either way. So, <laughs> right. but I was thinking about that and, and, you know, it's kind of true when, when my son was playing golf, one of the things that clicked when he was able to kind of turn things around was he started playing for his teammates instead of for him. Hmm. And because he was playing for them, it took some of the nerves off, you know? Right. And I, I think that's one of the keys to fear is when, when, you're, when you're doing this for the client, when you're asking the questions and you're listening intently and you're paying attention to their emotions because you really want what's best for them, yes, you're gonna get referrals from it. And we are all very aware of the circle of cash flow, but the, the intent is to make sure that that individual 
has all the things in their life that they need financially, which as we know, impacts everything else dramatically, then I think that's the number one thing that people can use to take the fear away. Yes, you have to be technically sound. You have to learn the stuff. You have to come to events like this. You have to go to High Trust Sales Academy, definitely, so you can learn those things. You have to be in coaching so you can, you know, stay on the path and, and have guardrails and have people that challenge you. You have to do all those things, but you'll you'll be motivated and have the the ability and the and the basically the motivation to do it by by understanding that you're doing it to help the people and they really need it. So Deb, I, I remember about three weeks ago to Marty's point, we were talking about second and third and just unpack that for everybody. Um, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Okay. So, um, there is an acting coach that coaches a lot of like Oscar winning actors and she wrote a book called second circle. And it's really interesting. There's, she did a you, YouTube or YouTube, YouTube video on, on this. And <laughs> so the concept is that first circle, you're thinking about you. Um, third circle is you're in your ego. You're kind of like puffing your chest thinking, you know, you're cool, but true and lasting connection comes from the ability to be in second circle, which means in a way it's sort of heart to heart. It's, it's that rare connection where, where you feel um, tremendously. And there, that's how you really, as an actor connect, as a salesperson connect, as a speaker that, that it is, um, it's through what they call second circle. Well, and if you're an actor, <clears throat> you, you have to, you have to connect your character in the movie. You can't just be you if you're an actor. And so, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that I think that the, the idea of second circle is the idea of connection, and there's no downside to deepening connection. And so, as you guys think about uh, the idea of of where you're going, you know, you, we, we we've got we've got great history together. We've we've watched you guys in your careers. You you set the mark. You kind of set the pace. You you have humility. You have gratitude. You have all that kind of stuff. How do you answer the what's next? How do you answer the what if? And how do you keep renewing your passion um, to be even better than you already are? Wally, what say you? I'd say maybe not necessarily what's next, more along the lines of why not deeper? Yeah. And, you know, I love my life and I love what we've been able to build together in, in two sets of affirmations. Sales mastery, like I think it was like six, seven years or so ago, that you challenged me with. That it was, um, it was an affirmation I've told myself literally every morning, which is, "What's the point of dreaming big if you're not brave enough to live big?" Mm. You come to these seminars, you learn everything here, and you learn all these cool, super cool. You get back on Monday, you're a loan officer, right? Then you get afraid, the fear starts seeping in, and then it was, you know, my uh, my questions are piercing. My answers are motivating. My presence is commanding. My success is untouchable. That's something I would consistently say to myself every single morning for the last six years. So it puts me in that mindset. I want to continue to grow a real estate mortgage and continue to build a business that has worth yeah. and it has a value that will have a multiplier. And then when you're doing lead gen or going to getting a realtor a commission and a realtor alone, a commission, a realtor alone, a commission, that business is no depth. If you yeah. work in that business, there's no depth building a business that the people that I've around me can build and take the next level when I'm gone one day, going deeper in that business. That's it. 
And Nick and I have been so blessed financially that we've always lived off 25% of what we make. Yeah. And 25% of, and then we invest another 25% in real estate or other investments in building companies outside of that. You know, I tell my boys that it's, it's, our, it's my goal to get our family to $100 million net worth. It's their goal to build the LBR name to be a billionaire. So having that mindset that it's a billion dollar family that they can build, I've got to continue to go deeper to build the foundation that they build our, our inheritance on. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And you walk your talk. I mean, you, you balance the business, you invest, you take a lot of time off and, uh, and you still scale. So what a beautiful uh, demonstration of affirmation. How about you, Marty, as we kind of, kind of roll forward and, uh, what's, what's, what, what say you about like next year or the year after and what's important to you? Well, uh, to steal another, stole Deb's eye, eye comment, but <laughs> you've been saying who's next. And, um, I think I resonate with that because, I remember you had a, a speaker a few years ago, Bob Bodine, who wrote yeah. a book called The Power of Who. And that book kind of really hit me because it, 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 it's high trust. You know, it's, it's based on, on that. So like I was saying earlier, a lot of these people that I saw on stage that were, you know, heroes of mine are now still heroes of mine, but also friends of mine and things like that. So I, I think the cool part is who's next, meaning, you know, whose life can we impact not only from a client standpoint, you know, who's the next originator I can help that reaches a whole different level. Who's the next branch manager? Um, you know, who's the next production partner, you know, who's next, what can we do? I'm certainly, I have a long way to go and a lot to learn and I'm going to keep working really hard to get better and better and better and smarter and nicer and listen, better listener and all those things. But, you know, I'm also excited about who I can connect to the people that have really helped change my life. Yeah. It's about powerful, powerful. Um, what is your big takeaway, Deb, from your, your speech today on Forward? And uh, what would you like to say to the listeners uh, and viewers as we talk uh, to the end of this podcast? Um, you know, my big takeaway is that um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of fears. And this year for me is about facing my fears and staring them in the eye. And I'm very comfortable being behind the curtain and behind the, the camera, you know, behind the big guy. But um, I'm really making this year for me about the year that I go for it. And, you know, I... It has been really fun to have a front row seat with such a big dreamer and um, to it's going to be an exciting year and I can't wait to see what happens next. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Let's go around the, the, uh, the, the group real quick and uh, talk about one thing that um, maybe you would like to to have a fresh start on a do-over or a mistake that you made that you would like to, to, to correct or, or whatnot. Just real quick, oh, minute, wow. e minute each. Who wants to go first? You know, I'd say it's a leadership thing for me. There's nothing I'd want, like personally or anything at all, that I'd want to do-over on. But I think leadership, I think um, Heather, Heather Bomar said it best. Three years ago, she re rebuilt her team. And, um, you know, I've had to rebuild teammates and team roles throughout the years. But I'd probably say if anybody ever leaves my team moving forward, if we don't stay friends, 
after they've left my world for whatever reason, then that's 100% my fault. Mm. Or at least trying to at least stay friends. Wow. Other teammates have left my team in the past, and you unfriend them on Facebook. You're bitter, and like you, you like you. I'm gonna make it without you. Kind of think, but I'd say moving forward, I'd love to have a better attitude of if someone leaves, even though it doesn't matter how much they hurt me, how much I've invested in them, and I hope not gonna win, no one leaves me. But uh, I'd say that that, that yeah. moving forward, I have a better attitude about that. Yeah, I'm gonna take off on that because I think for me, the the biggest thing that 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 I would do over is I would learn to lead better sooner. And, uh, you know, I think that oftentimes, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you have so many moving parts and you're, you are by definition as an entrepreneur, the dreamer, you know, the big thinker. And it's, uh, it's, it's fairly revealing when you start to realize that, uh, if everybody were an entrepreneur, there would be nobody to help the entrepreneur dream come true. And I think that I, the biggest lesson I've learned is how important it is to transfer the, the dream in a way that people have permission, they're not hired to keep up with you. They're hired to help you execute because if everybody's thinking at that level, nothing's going to get done. And I think I, I need, I, I think that I've developed a little bit more leadership compassion, I guess is, is what I want to say. And, uh, and I realize that if you don't have compassion for people, you can't lead. I mean, leadership is, is influence, leadership is impact. And in order to lead, you have to have the heart to connect back to our earlier point. So that I would learn how to do that sooner, sure. earlier and better. Good. Uh, if I could go back and do anything different, I would, I would have, I would have dreamed bigger. Mm. Um, and I think it, mm. it hits everything that we've talked about. Yep. You know, there were fears, there were doubts, there were all those things. And you know, I think everybody has it at a different level. I grew up in a small town. My parents weren't wealthy. They were, you know, um, so instead of, instead of maybe thinking, why not me? I, I was more thinking, why me? Mm-hmm. Um, or how me maybe. And, you know, now that I've been able to be around great thinkers like you and, and a lot of the others here, I've learned, you know, the difference between people who are really successful and the people who aren't are the ones that decide what she just said, which is they're going to face their fears. Everybody's yeah. going to have them. It's just a matter of doing it. So if I could go back, I would have just dreamt a lot, a lot bigger because um, there's so many more things I could have done and so many more people I could have helped. And yeah. And all that, if I had, I think, and I think that was the power of, of Deb's speech today at Mastery. And uh, I was I was thinking back as as she was talking. I had a uh, podcast when we were in Australia with uh, with uh, a company called Momentum Media, and the gal asked me at the end of the podcast. She said, "So, what is the future for High Trust?" And it was like I'm in a different country, and I'm being asked a question that I have to think very fast, what is my answer to that? And without overthinking it, I said, I guess my vision is I would like to take the concept and the principles of high trust to the end of the earth. And she goes, that's big. And I said, that's how big this is. And I didn't even realize it then when she asked me, but it was like, okay, there's like a lot of people whose lives would be transformed if they just knew the principles and concepts behind high trust. So it was kind of like, I agree with you, you know, and, and, and I find myself now after leading this company and this brand for 27 years, more excited about the future than I have been about the past. And the past has been great. So how about you, my dear, as we kind of wrap it up? 
Um, I um, am a perfectionist in recovery. <laughs> I would have mm. been around a lot of people in my life, wonderful, amazing people, but the risks were always so calculated and the chances were you, you know, you were really careful. And, um, one of the real blessings of getting to live every day, my life with Mr. Todd Duncan is that, um, it really redefines risks and it makes you realize that, that life is so short. And that if you're not willing to color outside the lines and take chances and roll the dice that you miss out on, not only great moments, but business and impact and all the things you can really do. And so it has been fun to um, to take more chances and to realize that, that. Well, life is sweet. Yeah, love it. All right, well, I want to thank you guys for being here. It's so great to have uh, just fa the fabric of friends, first of all, and then the pride of friends that are redefining success and elevating everybody's belief and um, certainly blessed by the, the time the, that we spent together just talking about life and business. And uh, I know that uh, this podcast is going to make an impact on a lot of people's lives. And I want to thank both you guys for just being dear friends and for giving, you know, the most precious asset you have, which is your time uh, to helping us change the world together. And so thanks guys for being here and uh, we'll be in touch again with another podcast. And uh, thanks for trusting High Trust. Thank you for listening to the High Trust Today podcast. If you want to make this year your best year ever and double, triple, or even quadruple your volume and performance, then I want you to click the link for your ticket to Sales Mastery in the show notes to find out how you can make more money in less time with less stress.